Welcome to Crossing Darkness, a podcast about the role-playing games set in the world of darkness. We're broadcasting over Twitch Sundays 7 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Central Time, and we are open with chatting with fans during the show. Um, I'm your host, Frozen Fallout, and my co-host is Motorori, um, who's helped me working uh build this podcast as well as a uh, 40-person four-table Gen Con event that we ran uh, three years in a row um, at uh, Gen Con. Um, How's it going, uh, Moto? Uh, Pretty good. Uh, We're a little bit of ways away from uh, Thanksgiving now, so we're into the the Christmas season. And... uh, I'm just having a good time staying at home by myself on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, been relaxing. <laughs> it's been the most relaxing uh, holiday season for a long time for me. So, <laughs> um, so today's episode, we are going to be talking about the technocracy. Um, so. The Technocracy comes from the Mage the Ascension um, game that's uh, part of the World of Darkness setting. Um, The Technocracy primarily are seen um, through, at least in first edition especially, is they're the bad guys, 100%. Um, They're Big Brother, they're the, the thing that's crushing all hope and all humanity and making them all drones that just want to... Um, you know, 1984 kind of uh, stuff. Um, but that kind of changes up, and uh, there's there's kind of uh, some different views. Um, Mike, I think you have uh, quite a bit of a different view on what the technocracy is. is that correct? Uh, well, I'm not sure because, uh, well, like you said, they're they're the bad guys. At least. Uh, I mean, we have to remember that as they were developing the games, uh, like, for example, uh, the Sabbat were mentioned in one of the first edition games of Vampire, but they were never really fleshed out. But now they're a major part uh, of, of Vampire in the same way the technocracy was kind of this generalized idea of all the oppressive notions of uh, backroom conspiracies and government control and uh, shadowy cabals managing technology and just being generally evil uh, in first edition. Uh, but then but then they had to actually flesh it out. And it turns out that uh, the technocracy is just as uh, rife with dissidents as any tradition mage cabal or tradition. Uh, and then on top of that, I, I tend to think that the technocracy really, well, actually just like any other bad guy, the technocracy believes that they're the good guys and that tradition mages are the bad guys. Although they probably both see Nefandi as pretty bad. So, uh, so there's a little common ground there. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, once you get into the history of it, the technocracy, it's like, you know, as, as I was reading through uh, in preparation for this, I kept thinking to myself, like, 
which side of the political spectrum, left versus right, are they? Because on the one hand, uh, there's kind of that, that leftist view of we need to protect people from themselves. We need lots of regulation. We need to prevent, uh, you know, overzealous uh, assholes, basically, from damaging society. Uh, and so they need to proactively do things like prevent bad technologies from getting out into the world that sleepers can use and de like destroy themselves. But at the same time, they are themselves uh, taking part in what we would consider the worst aspects of right-wing ideology, where they want to destroy individualism and they want to prevent revolutions through mind control, let's say, which is kind of Nazi-ish. And, you know, speaking of history of the technocracy, they uh, ostensibly aligned themselves with the Axis powers in World War II, until, of course, they found out that the Axis powers were rife with Nefandi, and so they kind of just backed off from it. Although I'm sure there's a lot more that I could read about that that would you know, inject all sorts of uh, nuance to those positions. Right. And that's, and well, yeah, and that's some of the interesting things. Um, and I think I, um, we've, we've talked about this before. Um, and one of the things that I kind of get, um, it depends on where in time you are. And it also depends on what is the, um, the current, um, zeitgeist of all the stuff that's kind of going on um, because it's not really a left or right political uh, position that they are they're the the yeah, one world right government they're the the you know the the shadow behind the control of the entire um, world basically they're um, well so they try to be at least Right. Well, you've got the New World Order, um, who, you know, is basically, you can kind of see them as the the group that handles, you know, the, the UN and, and the concept of, of um, trying to create a one world government. Um, and they've done it behind the shadows, but they, have, but they haven't been able to do it you know, in the, um, in the open, which is some of the interesting things that I don't think I've ever gotten into, like, what, is there a big divide between the technocrats that, because there are technocrats and the technocracy exists inside of Japan and China, um, Asian countries are all still under the control of the technocracy, but they do have a different paradigm. Um, and that paradigm does, uh, change things like um some of the things that i've i know more about um that isn't really technocracy or mage related but it's more of the um vampire the masquerade regarding the cage or the uh kindred of the east um so the kindred of the east yeah. one of the things that they kind of talk about when you're playing in in tokyo and japan is that the masquerade is not as like held to because people are much more willing to allow for a vampire that's a demon to bust through their house smash up a whole bunch of shit and then they'll just continue drinking their tea you know i mean it's definitely one of those uh um taking it to the 
the uh, extreme to create a um, you know a sense of difference between our two worlds that definitely doesn't really exist um, and but it's one of those things that they're more accepting of the supernatural over there and therefore they don't freak out about it or they don't go talking to the um, reporters or to the police about demons they just talk about it as being normal people that you know an explosion happened instead of a demon running through my house type thing and they're just going to do that inherently that it, whereas in america they're much more likely to go ah oh, there was a crazy demon that you know like did this so you have to have a masquerade to enforce yeah and actually uh maybe we should talk about that for a little bit um in in my gaming group that i uh played a verbena in for like five years uh, we we did have a lot of technocracy stuff, uh, but but one of the the a, a generalized topic of conversation that came up a lot was kind of how, despite the fact that the world of darkness is supposed to be set in our current world, you know, kind of, except a gothic punk version of our world. Uh, there's a very Western culture centric uh, emphasis on the game. And part of that is because all the writers were based in the United States. We have a very Western centric uh, paradigm. Uh, and so we don't generally think too much about what's happening around the world, especially in the US. Was it said in. Uh, I thought it wasn't. Uh, was, was it. Was White Wolf a. An American company? I thought it was a European company. Yeah. No, they currently are a European company. Because okay. uh, it was, I think, that I can't remember where they are currently. I I don't know. Hmm. Whoever bought it from CCP uh, is it's either Norwegian or Danish or Swedish, something like that. Um, but, uh, but no, no, White Wolf was based in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. That's okay. where... Yep. That's where all those guys were from. And, and, and when we went to uh, that one thing at Gen Con a few years ago where they had uh, Brian Ryan Hagen and a few of the other uh, people, uh, they were talking about how Gen Con in Milwaukee was like the big place where all the companies dropped their big books because that's where all the money was. That's, oh, yeah. that's That yep. was the deadline. Was, you needed to get your books printed before Gen Con so they could be there at Gen Con to sell. Because... You didn't have internet marketing or uh, cell phones <laughs> or Google. Uh, uh, but anyway, so so I was talking about the Western-centric nature of, of the game. And a lot of the... So, so what's the, the general idea that I'm talking about? When they delved into cultures outside the United States there's there's two problems the first is you're gonna be racist that's that's just a given you're gonna be no what no matter how you deal with the subject matter you will be accused of racism because you're not from that culture you're not from that area no matter how well you handle it uh but on the other hand the, the problem is when you when you actually try and do a good job, uh, 
you're still going to be accused of racism and cultural uh, bias and all these things. And so there was kind of this, uh, this double-edged sword. Or so, so the actual second problem is uh, not doing it is also racist. That's the actual problem. Uh, so, so you either make the game entirely Western culture centric. It's only uh, Europe, uh, US, Canada, and Australia to a certain extent because they speak English and uh, mostly British descendants live there. Uh, or you expand into these other cultures. You write books about gypsies, about Africa, about the Far East. And so you're either accused of racism for not having the content or you're accused of racism for having the content. And so, so in that respect, when we talk about the technocracy, when they started writing it, I feel like they kind of, that's why it's mostly Western centric because they didn't want to expand into those things because they weren't from those cultures. Uh, later, they obviously did. Uh, there is a lot of technocratic lore that has to do with the, the Far East, although I'm not super familiar with it. Um, to my knowledge, there's not a lot of uh, source books that go into the technocracies, uh, dealings with Africa or South America, or the... I, I know there's a bit of Far East stuff, but I haven't read it. Yeah, I don't think there's anything on the Middle East or anything, but but it's the idea behind it is is still a, a um even if it, from a western uh, western point of view you know a world centric government you know a one world government where the syndicate is running the um you know racism is destroyed by the um by the progenitors because of genetic engineering the syndicate you know brings about an economy that's a one world economy um you know the uh, NWO creates a one-world government that actually is a one-world government. The uh, the void engineers actually get to go into outer space and play Star Trek, um, you know, and, and start to to be able to explore. There is um, this idea that if everything all works out perfect for them, humanity gets to get to the next level of. Um, I kind of see it as like a Gene Roddenberry uh, point of view of humanity. Once we once we put aside all of our superstition and all of our stupid racism and all of our you know issues that are you know just childish problems, we can actually step up and start getting into outer space. Which you know from a void engineer point of view, I could see that being why you know would be the next step. I don't know if all the other people kind of agree with that Gene Roddenberry point of view, but. Uh, yeah, not, a, not everybody does, but that's what uh, they're trying to, to do with the zeitgeist. They're, they're trying to do that. Uh, but then of course the, the game lines uh, then acknowledge the fact that despite they have, despite the fact that they have lofty goals as the technocracy, those goals are still being, enacted by human beings who have flaws and uh there, there's there's a general kind of theme that there's just lots of uh bad actors corrupt people nefandic influence at the top levels of the technocracy uh 
and not Although just I think the, in the technocracy, early days as well. but like the world is filled with these ancient vampires that are all evil. You know, like there, you know, there's there's hardly a good one ab- uh, among those guys. You know, they're all the damned. You've got werewolves who are going around, but they're still trying to, you know, a huge chunk of the werewolves, even if they're not black spiral dancers, are hate humanity and kill on sight with like the red. Well, I'm not kill on sight, but you know, they're not, they're not very friendly with uh, with humans and very likely to kill them, um, like the red talons. Um, yeah. So you've, you, you have a bunch of the supernatural world that is just downright evil and dark. And, I mean, it's the, the world of darkness. So, um, you know, the population is over, you know, more overpopulated than what we have right now. Our cities are more impoverished. Like, our city officials are more corrupt. Um, and that bleeds into the technocracy as well in a supernatural way. Um, that's not just the human nature of it all. So you've, you know, you've got Pentex and, you know, possibly um, different ancient vampires that are, you know, deeply involved in the syndicate at this point and the progenitors, um, as well as the NWO. Um, but even the Order of Hermes, the tech, uh, the traditions have the same problems. They had... Uh, you know, vampires influencing throughout their history through the Order of Hermes, um, that, you know, even the, the, uh, the Chantry book that goes over the, um, the main Chantry for the Order of Hermes basically kind of goes into how they're also corrupted as well, uh, by this, uh, um, the Tremere. Yeah, no, the, the meta plots uh, I'm not too familiar with uh, on that. Um, and I, I know we were going to talk about the history, but uh, I think maybe alternately, uh, what if we talk about uh, the the ways in which uh, you and uh, and I have either used the technocracy in games or thought about the technocracy in games uh and then we can talk about the game that we're you're running right now which is a technocracy game yep yeah sure if you want to go ahead and start off with uh how have you kind of seen the technocracy played out through your history of uh gaming well the the one game that i remember the most is the just about a year ago and that's i've, I've referred to it sometimes as the charles game that one ran for like five years uh, we ran it most weeks. Um, and strangely enough, uh, one of their one of our player characters was a technocrat. And I think I've referred to him on this podcast before. Uh, he was Shadi, the famous assassin from, I want to say, NWO. Like, the, the suits, yep. right? There's that, yeah, New World Order, the suits. Um except he was he was on vacation and for some reason he was assigned to go on vacation with our group despite the fact that we didn't have any connection to the technocracy ostensibly um it was mostly his excuse to have a sniper rifle that he could shoot into the air and kill anybody on the planet uh 
he he wore uh like swim trunks all the time or like bahama shorts or whatever you know the floral print shorts uh he was just constantly drinking uh but when you needed him to shoot somebody he could do it he could possibly kill them five minutes ago if that was what you needed um that was more of a fun way to include the technocracy in a game where you use some of the lore and some of their procedures, their understanding of uh, uh, spheres uh, and devices to kind of just inject some difference into what was essentially a tradition game where we were fighting. Oh, who was the actual big bad? The big bad was the... Uh, the entity that lived on the other side of a black hole. We called it the rock. And uh, anytime somebody said something uh, like slightly questionable, we called it rock talk. Cause, uh, cause one of the players looked at one of these rocks and was uh, slightly under its influence for a while. And so we called it rock talk. That sounds like rock talk to me. Anytime somebody sounded like they were going off the deep end. Um, uh, there were other other times during that game where uh, we did interface with the technocracy. I, I do remember there was uh, one time where we had to infiltrate the Milwaukee construct and get a thing. Can't remember what it was. Uh, what was another one? Uh, we found a void engineer uh, uh, hangar in California that uh, it was it was kind of one of those void engineers that's cool with the traditions and kind of left the technocracy to, to his, do his own thing. We never met him. He was just, we just found his hangar. Uh, and then in the end game, we were on spaceships all the time. So it was a lot of technocracy and it was uh, the, it was basically Star Trek at that point. But that was fun because we could just go outside because we had spirit magic. And they were like, what? <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot easier to be a uh, to be a technocratic yeah. uh, or to be a tradition mage in outer space. Um, start looking like Q after a while. Yeah, but the the main thing was that we didn't like uh, at least Charles as a GM. He didn't make the technocracy out to be this monolithic thing that controlled everything. They were still just like any other big company. They have people at every level who are incompetent. Uh, their goals are kind of muddled between organizations. There's bureaucracy that screws with everything. Uh, there's people inside the organization that are doing bullshit that is secret because they have their own agendas. Uh, I think there was a lot of nefondic influence. Uh, it was... I mean, I, I liked uh, the uh, the depiction of it, and I'm probably not doing it justice because uh, my memory isn't super great on that. Um, but anyway, so so my question to you is, uh, for the Madison Under Siege games that we ran at Gen Con, uh, you were the Mage GM. What was the role of the technocracy there? Um, so the role that we kind of had originally with the technocracy was... Um, 
kind of stems from my kind of history of how I've kind of viewed the technocracy. Um, the technocracy for me is always the thing that I used as the boogeyman um, throughout all of my games. Whether And I played a lot of Vampire the Masquerade originally. Um, so it was really nice to use the Mage the Ascension in just the technocracy as the bad guys from Mage the Ascension as the things that made everybody freak out about stuff. You weren't, you know, this is what kind of reined in people from being like, well, I'm just going to buy out corporations and I have just shell companies upon shell companies that can do, you know, all these things. It's like, okay, all of your stuff that you're doing is mortal. You're not using any disciplines in order to achieve this. You're just talking to people. You're convincing other people. There are, there's an organization <laughs> that runs money. And corporate and how money is is handled, and they know more about it than the IRS could ever wish to believe uh, the way that money is handled in this world. You can't just do whatever the hell you want all the time. There's other bigger fish out there than just the the vampire that you are. So, you, it was one of the ways of if if you were like, okay, I'm really afraid of, you know, just base mortals kind of getting the news, but it's it's also a much more about there's, you don't want the technocracy to find out about what's going on in, in um, when you're doing cover-ups for the masquerade. So masquerade breaches became real threats rather than just this hypothetical, oh, eventually it'll get covered up anyways. And it's like, yes, it's... It's not the alerting society to your existence anymore. It's alerting the technocracy to your existence. And once you've done that, that's that's end. You're going to Mecca. You're 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 gonna get locked up, and you're you're not going to be able to just. No matter how powerful you are, you're you need to either have had dealings with and um, made deals already, and that means that you have to have dealt you know either with that in your backstory or with me you know as a gm now you got to deal with the technocracy and nobody wants to deal with that so you use that as a way of keeping everybody from you know can i get to resources six absolutely do you want resources of six do you want a fame of five are you able to actually handle um these things without getting uncovered um and the idea is in the early 90s, um, they had them out as being, and at the Mage of the Ascension, I really only read a lot of uh, the first edition, because when it got to second and uh, third edition, well, second edition revised, um, I skipped second edition, and I read sec second edition revised, which brings the Avatar Storm. And that kind of is a big reset for everything, so after 1999... Yeah. Um, the technocracy changes, the tradition changes, and you can't get to the Umbra anymore. Um, and so, and you know, control is no longer in control of the Earthbound um, technocracy. So after that time, you get a, you get a, um, you get to play with it a lot more as a GM and do a lot more than just have them as a big scary boogeyman from my point of view. Um, so I like to play with them a lot, though when they were the big scary boogeyman, when the war was really heated and tradition mages that were still around were extremely powerful and what the technocracy had was extremely powerful. The thing about the technocracy though is that they're extremely, uh, um, 
their information is uh, segregated. They don't. They make sure that people don't um, know what the hell is going on on all levels. So just because you're a low-level MIB doesn't mean that you know what a tradition mage is. Maybe, maybe you're a alien hunter. You know, maybe you're a um, a person that hunt down vampires or werewolves or fae or you know and you might know these specialties but you don't know the other stuff and you don't share all of your stuff with all of the other mi you might not even know that there is an extremely uh big organization going on depending on how you know where you are on the the level with them and a lot of them don't get higher you know you don't you don't go yeah. up through the ranks to a certain degree in the yeah no a lot of the people that work for the technocracy and even know that there's something called enlightened science a lot of them are not awakened they don't have an avatar right and so there's there's a whole um you know kind of different feeling that you can get from them i feel um as making them a really big boogeyman in in the um, world of darkness um I probably give them more power than they probably should have. Um, I put them on the brink of basically winning the the war. That the war is basically over in 1998, and if it wasn't for the Avatar Storm, the traditions probably would have lost. Like, just completely lost. I mean, they it would have continued down that road of... Um, where people are not going to be wondered by science. Um, and there's a big shift that kind of happens, you know, in humanity when it comes to the internet. Um, if they could have controlled that better, you know, been around to do stuff uh, during that timeline, maybe things could have been different. Of course, you know, this is all taking into account what really happened and then trying to explain in the game, you know, why things happened and diff different stuff like that. Um, but I think that uh, the traditions wouldn't have been able to really hold out very well. Um, they were they were already retreating to Horizon, and the, the really the fight was happening on Horizon more than it was happening on Earth. Um, I feel like if mages had a chance on Earth, they would be able they would be the ones coming out doing a bunch of magical tricks that really prove that magic exists and convincing people about magic. They can't do that, though. If they tried, they would be immediately locked up. It's not Paradox that they're afraid of. I mean, you've done stuff with Mage now. You know that Paradox is not necessarily the thing that's going to freak you out. Um, it's dangerous. It's scary. Um, but it's you know, if you want to really change people's minds on stuff, you can start doing fantastical things. And you can yeah. build up towards that. But you're not going to be able to build up towards that. You're going to get caught by the technocracy. Yeah. I mean, st strangely enough, ironically, in the world that we live in today, there's probably more people that genuinely believe in what we would think of as tradition magic. Like, yeah, you know, the types of people that go to Burning Man or go in, like flat earthers like just people want to believe in fantastical shit that we know doesn't exist but in the world of darkness it actually does and like strangely enough I, I think if you logically extend that war 
into the future, the technocracy is starting to lose like their internal corruption and like they've allowed technology to get to the point where people are communicating with each other, but there's no way like they, at some point they gave up on the suppression of all like the crazy theories. And now just like, there's all these like spikes of belief in what we would consider tradition magic, you know, fucking people that believe in crystals, uh, you know, and essential oils, like curing cancer and shit. Uh, people like astrology is like apparently a thing that a lot of people are getting into. And we know that that's technically bullshit and the technocracy should be suppressing that type of shit. But in our current world, they're, they're kind of not. Well, that kind of is brought up with the Avatar Storm. When the Avatar Storm comes in, control loses connection to everything, um, and the old technocracy is wiped out, and the new technocracy, the younger technocracy, is left around, which is, one, a lot weaker, <clears throat> so they're not able to rein in all of this stuff. Two, they didn't know what the hell was the big plan, the true timeline of, of how things were supposed to be going down. Um and so you end up with a, a situation where the technocracy loses control. And um, Mage 20, you know, kind of talks about this, that you can kind of move forward with, you know, the technocracy was winning the war, but now things are different. Like, the world is a different place in in the 21st century. And the war, um, you, you can you can take in a lot of different ways. Um, so, the, so we did expand it beyond um, the Avatar Storm, even, in my game. Um, so I originally, you know, like I was saying, I had a bunch of, you know, back in the 90s, the, they were the boogeyman. But now you bring them up to present day, you know, 2016-ish, um, when we were running our games at Gen Con, and I had the technocracy be much more, um, there was a... a um, a civil war that was happening between the techno or between the Nefandi corrupted and the technocracy that you know um, had been working with tradition mages and are looking to try and build a, a new um, world basically, and we had uh, Technogate Command kind of leading that charge. Um, we also had still Mecha around and stuff like that, so there was some you know powerful. Uh, nefandious uh, remnants of the old guard um, that still did a lot of, uh, you know, capture and um, control of humanity. Yeah. But, did you, did you have the Nefandi running Mecha in uh, the Madison Under Siege game? Yeah. Yep. I had the Nefandi okay. in control of Mecha basically, and Technogate Command um, worked with um, them to like free a bunch of the. Uh, well, they've, 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 I can't remember if they freed everybody, even the things that shouldn't be freed that were in. Um, my understanding was they they busted that shit up and destroyed Mecha and let everything out. Yeah, that's that's what I think happened at Gen Con. <laughs> uh, causing some chaos, of course, but, you know, little growing pains for humanity to get through. Um, new things to fight in the future. I think we... I think we might have glossed over the implications of that in uh, in the subsequent games. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because it was year two that that happened. 
And then yeah, case, that was year one. Was it year one that they busted out uh, everybody from Mecca? I'm pretty sure it was, but uh, in any case, yeah, I could be wrong. Um, so yeah, basically that's kind of how I've I've always um, viewed the technocracy as either being completely corrupt and completely in control of of the 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 narrative and and running humanity um, and everything else is hi hiding in the shadows for a real reason, not just the oh the Inquisition with their pitchforks and their fires and humanity is oh so scary when you see things like uh, you know the ancient vampires and their their capabilities it's like okay you got to have something real that's threatening these things <laughs> not not a bunch of pit fork humans that can't uh yeah cuz cuz ostensibly the the masquerade is in response to oh when when people like figured out that vampires were real on a large scale they hunted us and we all died or we, we were destroyed or stuff like that and so the the masquerade is there to prevent that from happening again. But you're right. It, it's like, why would an ancient vampire who has that much power be afraid of like humans? There has to be an organization that can really muster the, the destructive power that the technocracy is shown to have. Uh, I believe there's something called a spirit nuke that uh, might come into play in the techno gate game pretty soon. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, try not to speculate too much. I know how you like to change that shit. Yeah, it's possible that uh, that might not happen actually. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm interested because actually there is uh, you get you know to give you a little bit. Uh, you guys have the uh, chance to like change up a lot of history in this game. Um, I'm kind of leaving the door open to see what kind of happens here. Um. But in any case, um, so that kind of segues into what we're doing with uh, the techno or the technocracy in uh, Technogate. Um, so Technogate is set in 1998, which is one year before the Avatar Storm. Um, Monday nights at seven on Twitch. Yes. Uh, so we. Um, we're playing a group that's part of the technocracy, part of Technogate Command. Um, now, I've definitely made some major alterations to the timeline already. Um, like, General Bridges never got arrested uh, during this time period, according to our history. Um, I don't even believe Senator Johnson is running things yet. He was, like, this is a big jump for him. Um, in the timeline of being able to take control of Technogate Command. Um, but I still have, um, the way that I'm kind of running the Technogate, or the way, the Technocracy, is that Technogate Command was always seen as kind of like a rogue fringe kind of element of the um, Technocracy, but extremely powerful, run by some, you know, uh, people that have had time and, um, knowledge behind them and rank and control of a lot of things for the last hundred years give or take um with uh, the madison area and how it interacts with um, jd and the the um, tradition mages of madison um, but in general i still have the uh 
technocracy is an extremely powerful and uh, corrupt organization. Um, and I, I, I believe I've made that pretty well clear in our Technogate uh, games. Yeah, no, I think that that's come through to an extent. Like, uh, I mean, mostly with uh, Senator Johnson taking over and putting Bridges in uh, in jail. Um, although there, there is the aspect that, um, you know, now, you know, spoilers, we've, uh, we've found out that a bunch of people in Technogate are conspiring with what we call reality deviants. It, uh, it's, uh, you know, we shouldn't necessarily be okay with that as technocrats, but we are, uh, cause that's just part of the game. I'm not sure where I'm going with that. Just well, I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting thing of um, what I've kind of done with Technogate um, so far for you guys is giving you the and what I've kind of done with the the mages uh, or the uh, mages and the technocrats of Madison is that they're they're looking towards something bigger. They're not concerned about the technocracy or the tradition mages anymore. They feel like that's a complete. Um, you know, red herring, that if you want to, like, go off and talk about, you know, there's something else behind all of these things that's actually controlling everything, and that's what they're concerned about. Um, but the rest of the world is still stuck in the um, Ascension War, you know, the, the horizon realms of uh, um, Concordia and um, Mecca and... Um, all the different, uh, you know, heads of, of the traditions and the te uh, technocracy are very, um, very much focused on that ascension war. The vampires are much more focused on the, you know, covering up the cam uh, of the masquerade and, you know, the Camarilla versus Sabat war that they have going on. Um, the werewolves are more concerned about their um, Armageddon and, um, you know, their war with their Black Spiral brothers. Um, you know, and everybody's kind of not trying to figure out what's going on, how all of these are connected to each other. And the interesting thing is, is that um, a lot of books that you're going to have are going to not connect a lot of the dots for a, a lot of this until um, they do the, the Awaking of Ravenos is one of the times that they kind of um, jam all of the different things together in Thin-Blooded, uh, the Thin-Blooded book, and then a lot of the books, uh, you know, se second edition revised talks about what happened there in almost all of the books, because it influences all of the World of Darkness, that event. I just wish I could read faster so I knew more about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's... Every it, time I sit down to read, I fall asleep. It is a hard, uh, hard thing to do to, to read each book, and it is uh, a lot of information. Um, luckily, I've been studying it for 25 years, so there's a bunch in my brain. The problem is, is that a lot of my stuff is more uh, knowing it as well from past knowledge and interaction and past reading. And I find it um, much harder to read these days than when I was a teenager, that's for sure. Yeah. No, I used to be able to read a lot and uh, but yeah, like a lot like you, 
you know, most of my knowledge about this comes from the context of, you know, playing in uh, the mage game and the previous mage game that I played also run by Charles. But it was, you know, I think we started that one like over 12 or 13 years ago. And so that one's kind of muddled in my brain. But uh, I mean, it was still there. Um, but yeah, and I, I don't think anybody knows like all the lore from World of Darkness. It would, it, uh, you could have a PhD level, like, uh, <laughs> World of Darkness scholar, and he would still not know everything, or I, she. That would be, that would be an interesting degree to, to get or, um, to try and. <laughs> try and prove that you have <laughs> um but yeah i think that uh yeah. we're coming up here on uh, 45 minutes so i think we're gonna go ahead and uh wrap it up here unless there's anything else that you want to uh go over uh you know we'll, we'll just continue to have these conversations uh into the future and i'm sure we'll we'll have different takes as we go go for it and more knowledge as we uh as we learn more about it and who knows in five years we might be we might get that bachelor's degree in world of darkness <laughs> well, i'm gonna i'm gonna start studying now that's a good idea no wait a minute i have been yeah i'm gonna uh, try but uh once i start reading that book i'm gonna fall asleep so all right man well uh thank you all for watching and uh have a great night Good night, everybody.